0: You'll have to know what is of God and what is not of God. You'll have to know, is this a pure word from God or has it been colored? Has it been altered? Has it been changed? Paul understands this. Hello everyone, welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. All right, well, welcome to all of you that are here tonight, and uh, welcome to our online community, wherever you are, and whenever you are watching this, we just want to say, uh, welcome, welcome, you are part of the service, and this word is for you, you're not watching us by accident or coincidence, or listening to us for that matter. Uh, If you you have your cell phone or what have you, you're not listening or watching by accident or coincidence, you are here for a purpose and God wants to equip you for things that are to come. So thank you for joining us. Amen. Well, as we said on Sunday, the Lord really uh, emphasized it in my heart and is still emphasizing in my heart that he is preparing us for something that is to come. And uh, so I, when the CDs are available or website videos are available, I want to just encourage you to get that message that we ministered on Sunday entitled, Fight the Power, Part One. Make sure that you get it so that you can get into the word and just receive what God is saying. Tonight, we're gonna go back into um, position to receive, and this is part number three already, part number three of that series that we're doing here on Wednesday night, Position to Receive. And last week, we talked about how to receive a word of personal prophecy, how to receive a word of personal prophecy. And uh, we gave you some rules that were governing that. So I'm not going to go over all of those tonight. There were about 12 in particular, but we're just going to take up where we left off on last week. So let's look again at 1 John 4, 1 John 4, verse 1. First John, the fourth chapter, verse one out of the King James Version. And uh, this is how it reads. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, we are last time in time saints. So we do know that uh, false prophets will arise. But now let me say this as well. Not only false prophets, but there's a rise of spirituality in the earth today. Uh, Not only, of course, in the world, but also in the church. And there can be people that can be well-meaning, well-meaning that will say a word to you, try to give you a word, well-meaning, good heart, but just missing it left and right. Uh, So we want to give you some more safeguards tonight that will help you uh, when and if that occurs, not just when they are mel- when they are well-meaning and miss it, but sometimes when you are well-meaning and you miss it, uh, there must be grace with both. So let's talk about that. Let's go to First Thessalonians the fifth chapter. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verses seventeen through uh, twenty-one, and we're going to look at this out of the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. First Thessalonians the fifth chapter, seventeen through twenty-one. And it reads, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 19, do not uh, stifle the Holy Spirit, King James says don't quench the Spirit, do not stifle the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said, hold on to what is good. Test everything that is said and hold on to everything that is good. Now, for the Lord to say, test it, test the word of prophecy that's given unto you, indicates that sometimes after your testing, you will discover that this is not good. It says, hold on to that that is good, which means that you're going to reject that that is bad. All right. What is bad? That that does not come from the Spirit of God. And we, we talked about that, trying the Spirit by the Spirit And so, let's go on. Let me show you something else here. And we're going to have to pray for this in the last days. And I pray that you're hearing me now more than ever. In 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter, verse number 10, as it relates to spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter, verse number 10, the New Living Translation. This is how this reads. And this is what we're going to pray. And I'm going to lead you into praying this. It talks about spiritual gifts. And this is what it says. It says he gives one person talking about the, talking about the Holy Spirit. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person, he another person is given the ability to speak in unknown tongues, while another person rather, while another is given the ability to interpret, interpret what is being said. Now, notice this again, how it is he, the Holy Spirit, that gives us the ability to either to perform miracles and also to speak prophecy. <clears throat> now, he's not speaking of the, he's given this to the pastor or to the minister or to the evangelist or, or to brother, sister, super holy person. He's talking about this to the body of Christ, how each of us, uh, the Holy Spirit can use each of us in a gift of the spirit because it's him that is working through us to do this. It is not coming from us. It is coming from him working through us. So we all have the potential of working miracles through the spirit. We all have the potential of uh, giving words of prophecy through the spirit. And at different times, the Lord may have you to work in all of these, in all of these. But I believe that there will be at least one dominant gift in your life, one dominant gift uh, that God said that this is for you and this is how I'm going to use you. But you have to seek him for it. These things are not automatic. I believe that once you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, the Holy Spirit moved in your heart. And because he is there, all the gifts are also there. So you're not waiting on God to put something in you that you don't have. No, the Holy Spirit is already there. The ability to perform miracles and give prophecy here in verse number 10 is already within you. And uh, I want you to know this. It says, he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God, uh, is, is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Now, Uh, we're going to pray, of course, for the Holy Spirit to to use us in all these operations. And the Bible also says covet the best gift. What is the best gift? Well, the best gift is the gift that is needed most at that moment. Uh, If I am hurting, then the best gift, of course, is the gift of healing. But if I'm hungry, then the best gift is the gift of your cooking. You know, covet the best gift. What is the best gift? If I don't know what to do, if I'm healthy in body and I don't know what to do, well, healing is not going to help me, but a word of knowledge definitely will. Definitely will. Covet the best gift. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, one thing in particular, I want us to pray and ask the Holy Spirit uh, to lead us through is, or lead us in the manifestation of, is the spirit of discernment, where the Holy Spirit allows you to see whether a message is from him or from another type of spirit. Now, when I say message, I'm not just talking about something over a pulpit, but it could be a message from, a message is simply a word giving, whether it's a word from a doctor, a word from a lawyer, a word from a best friend, a word from the news broadcast. Remember, when a word is given, it's designed to change the trajectory of your life. A good word, a word from the Lord, can change, your, can change your, uh, your frown into a smile. A word from the Lord can change your entire life, or an, or an evil word can also change things for the worst if you receive it. I've told you many times about an individual, and we talked about it last week on how an individual that I know uh, received a, a word, a really a curse, spoken over his life, saying that within one year you're going to die. And after that moment, he really began to spiral down, and eventually, within that year, he did die. That was not a word from God. That was a word from another spirit. How do I know that? Well, we know definitely in Psalm 91, God says, with long life, will I satisfy you and show you my salvation? You know, and there are other words to prove that as well. You have to know what the source is. But if you receive, receive a word, if you receive that package, and if it's not from God, you, your life will manifest what you have received. So you have to be mindful over what packet you receive. And one thing that we're going to pray is, as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the manifestation of uh, discerning of spirit. Lord, where we, where, where we will know whether a message is from you or not. Lord, I know it is your will for your people not to wonder and not to be in chaos or confusion, whether this is your voice or not your voice. But Father, you want us to be sure when you are speaking to us. So Lord, I pray for the manifestation of discerning of spirit. Lord, so that we will always know what is you and what is not of you. So we'll hold to what is of you and we'll reject what is not. Lord, I pray this for my friends that are here right now, my friends that are listening and watching as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we already know again, even from this verse, that there are competing voices, that there are competing voices. And how many times have you heard on the news when someone has um, uh, mass, other mass shootings or bombings and they ask the person if they survived, the person that was doing the shooting, why'd you do it? They say, I heard voices. I heard voices, and that's been said multiple times. I heard voices. I heard words. I heard messages telling me to go in there and do this. Well, that was not from the Lord. Are you hearing? So you have to know in this time now where there are voices and words spoken constantly, you're going to have to know what is of God and what is not of God. We're living in a time right now. Even overseas, it hasn't hit here yet. At least, um, not that I'm aware of. Uh, at least overseas, it's being people are being marked right now, or given a number. Uh, if they don't have this number, uh, they then they cannot buy or sell in their in their economy. That's happening right now. They're passing laws, and in one particular country. Uh, I believe over 80% of its population have been numbered or have been um, biometrically scanned. Right now, they're scanning their faces and they're imprinting their fingerprints and things of that nature so that everybody can have a distinguishing mark. Well, the government says it's good so that we can make sure that everybody receives the type of services that they are needing. Well, where's that information going? Um, Most of the Uh, the researchers say the information is going to the United Nations. Well, that's the beginning of that one world order, that one world census, that one world economy. So these are things that are happening now. But unless you are filled with the Spirit of God, unless you are filled with wisdom, if this thing or when this thing happens here within our nation or wherever you are, unless you're filled with wisdom and and have discernment, then you'll be full right with the others and begin to uh, take the mark and bad stuff begins to happen. So we're living in a time that is critical for you to know what is of God and what is not of God. This is not the time to play out or uh, to play around. You need to be discerning. So let me give you these things. Last time we talked again about um, rules, good, rules discerning or rather rules governing uh, personal prophecy. Now, um, you'll have to know the difference between when the Spirit is speaking to you and uh, when a well-meaning person is speaking to you, and you're going to actually see this in Scripture tonight. You have to know whether it's a pure word and when it's a word that has been colored or altered by the person who is delivering it to you. Someone, God can really give them a really a strong word to give you, and it may he, be Him, but people have the tendency to color the word or, or interfere with what has been given. And you'll have to know what is of God and what is not of God. So I'll say this in that when we are also asking the Lord to use us to prophesy or to declare a word, we want to make sure that the word we give is pure. Uh, we, you don't add to it. You don't try to fill in any blanks. You just give the word that he gives you and you get out of there. Give the word and give out of there. If the Lord gives you a dream, then just say the dream. Don't try to interpret it. Just give the dream. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, you give that and you move on. Let the Lord do the rest. Hallelujah. If there is time for you to express your personal personal opinion, then you will say, this is what I think. This is what I think. This is how I feel. Then we know this is you and not the spirit of the Lord. So uh, when you are giving a word, it's a good idea when you're giving a word from the Lord, when you, what you feel is the Lord, it's a good idea to use words like, I believe this is what the Lord is saying. I believe this is what he's saying to me. Or I feel this at this moment. That gives this person, uh, of course, the ability to test what you were saying so that they may take it and run with it. All right. If the Lord is truly saying this. Now, Only make statements like, you know, this is what the Lord is saying, or thus saith the Lord. Only make statements like that when you are absolutely, positively sure that it is God saying that through you. What do I mean? Or how can we avoid saying stuff when it is not Him? Well, when you hear a word, let it stay within the incubator of your heart. Let it stay in your heart just for a moment if you can. Test that word in your heart. Is this from God? Lord, if this is you, make it real to me. Because understand, every time you open your mouth, somebody's life is on the line. Every time you open your mouth. Because God has given you some measure of influence in your community, in your home, and workplace, or church. He's given you some some, uh, realm of influence. And when you open your mouth and you say, this is what God is saying, you need to know that this is what God is saying and not flippantly just say it. Remember what the Lord says here in Exodus, the 20th chapter, Exodus 20, uh, verse number seven of the New Living Translation, Exodus 20, verse seven. It says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name so do not take the lord's name in vain god told me to tell you this god told me to tell you that and there are a lot of false prophecies that are going on today and people are attaching the name of jesus to their words and god said i will not hold you innocent you will not be guiltless if you take my name in vain if you take the Lord's name and reputation and put it behind your own words in an attempt to deceive others, God said, I will not hold you guiltless. So this is why I say to you, you, need to tread lightly, tread lightly. If you do indeed have a word that is from the Lord, you know this is from him, then say, I believe this is what the Lord is telling me. This is what I'm hearing at this moment. You give that. Are you hearing me? I pray that you're hearing me. So don't attach his name for endorsement when you don't know it's him. If you have any shred of doubt, don't attach his name. Just say, this is what I feel. Or this is, what I, this is what I feel. This is what I believe. When you know it is him, if you've hidden the word in your heart and you know that this is a word from the Lord, then say it boldly. Then say it boldly. But understand, your life may very well be on the line or the life of those that you are talking to as well. Hallelujah. So we need to be filled with a, with a holy reverence. Anytime you attach the name of Jesus, anytime you attach the name of the Lord, let it be filled with a holy reverence and not something flippant. I pray you're hearing. All right. So realize that, um, again, realize that there are times that we can be uh, well-meaning, and there'll be other times when other people are well-meaning and be absolutely wrong. That is not what the Lord has said. We can be misinterpreting signals. Someone comes before you and you, and you think that they look downcast or upset and, you, and we read their face and say, oh, you must be depressed. Lord, tell me you're depressed. No, maybe they're just deep in thought. Or maybe they're constipated. I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? You can have, I've known people well-meaning, well-meaning, that interpret body language and say, put, put the name Jesus on it and stamp it and say, this is what the Lord is saying. When that's not what the Lord is saying. And then there are others who have the ability to read what's called the um, uh, preternatural, preternatural. Not the supernatural, but the preternatural. There is, uh, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a spiritual internet, a spiritual supernatural highway, uh, which human beings have the ability to tap into and receive information. You'll find a lot of these people that are maybe psychics and uh, uh, others, others who are uh, corresponding with demonic powers who are able to tap into search cert- certain information. And they take that information and put the name of Jesus on it and say, here's your word. No, you just tapped into some, some, some type of demonic power. All information that you, that you receive from the Spirit is not from the Holy Spirit. It's not from the Holy Spirit. You have to know whether this is of God or, the, or this is from the devil. Hallelujah. Especially if you are more spiritually sensitive. Sensitive. Where is this information coming from? You're going to have to ask that question. Lord, where is this information coming from? I have this dream. Where did this dream come from? Every dream that you receive is not from God. Every word that you receive is not from God. You'll have to know the difference before you open your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are unsure, don't open your mouth until you're sure. If you must, then just say, this is what I believe the Lord is saying. And tell them, you judge. I'll say that sometimes, you judge. This is what I feel the Lord is telling me, you judge. Are you hearing? All right, so let me show you one particular case of that that could have ended badly. Now, I want you to get, get your thoughts on this. Let's go to the book of Acts, Acts the 21st chapter, Acts 21, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4, then we're going to skip and go further down and further down. Acts the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 4. Acts 21, 1 through 4 of the New Living Translation. And it says, After after saying farewell to to the uh, Ephesian elders, we sailed straight to the Isle of Kos. Uh, The next day we reached Rhodes and then went to, I believe this is uh, Patera, verse 2. There we boarded a ship sailing for Phoenicia. Um, we sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed at the harbor of Tyre in Syria, where the ship was to unload its cargo. Now, look at number four. Of course, this is talking about Paul's journey. Paul's journey. Verse four says, We went, we went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. Wonderful. These believers prophesied through the Spirit that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. They prophesied through the Spirit that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. I love the way the Net Bible translates this. The Net Bible says, after we located the disciples, we stayed there seven days. They repeatedly told Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. So these are believers, those who who are saying they're hearing from the Lord and telling Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. All right. Sounds like a word from the Lord, right? Let's look at verse number 10. Uh, Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. All right. So he hasn't been there. But now he's coming. Nope, remember, they didn't have cell phones or emails and all that. But he's coming in. He, he's coming in. He's a man of prophecy. He has to get the prophecy. Let's see what he says here. He came over, took Paul's belt. Hope Paul's pants was not. He took Paul's belt and bound, bound his own feet and hands with it. What a sight. Took Paul's belt and bound his own hands and feet with it. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares, so shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. So how many times did he receive that Paul received a word not to go to Jerusalem at least twice, but they repeatedly told him, "Hey, this is what the Lord's saying, don't go, don't go, don't go." Verse 13. But he said, "Why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, We gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, after this, he packed. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Wait a second, Paul. Didn't you just get a word from the Holy Spirit not to go to Jerusalem? Didn't you just get it from a number of sources? not to go to Jerusalem. If you go, you're going to be bound and thrown in jail. Didn't you just get that? Then why are you still going? Is Paul being disobedient to the Holy Spirit? Interesting. Let's look a little bit further. Look at verse 33, Acts 21, verse 33. This is what happened when he gets to Jerusalem. Acts 21, verse 33, he says, then the commander arrested him and ordered him bound with two chains. He asked the crowd who he was and what he had done. Wow, was Paul disobeying the Holy Spirit? Or was Paul trying the Spirit by the Spirit to see whether this be of God or not? But doesn't the Bible clearly say that it was the Holy Spirit that be- believers were speaking through the Holy Spirit, telling Paul, don't go? Let's look further. I want you to consider these verses in Acts 9, chapter, verse 15 through 16. I hope that I have your interest. Acts 9, verse 15 through 16, out of the King James Version. Consider what the Lord told Paul. He says, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, talking about Ananias after, as, after he prayed for Paul. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto, unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So there's already a word of Paul's life. Paul, you're going to suffer for the name of Jesus. Paul is really aware of that. Now understand something. We just read Acts the twenty-first chapter, did we not? And in Acts twenty-first chapter, Paul gets the word from the Holy Spirit through the believers, not to go to Jerusalem, but he goes anyway. So, assuming that the man of God who wrote wrote two thirds of the New Testament can hear from the Holy Spirit, assuming that he has that he is spiritually mature we have to assume that he is not being rebellious of the Holy Spirit. We have to assume that he has other information that the other believers don't know about. if you said that, then you would be absolutely correct. Let's go back to Acts the 19th chapter. We were just in Acts 21. Let's go to Acts 19. Acts 19 says, verse 21, uh, the New Living Translation, Acts 19, verse 21. It says, afterwards, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and um, Acacia, I believe, before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. So he already has his course set. The Bible says that Paul felt compelled by the Spirit. I got to go. First of all, to Macedonia. I've got to go to Acacia, I believe, and before before going to Jerusalem. And did he go to these places before Jerusalem? Absolutely. He already knew by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Look what happens in Acts, the 20th chapter. Acts, the 20th chapter, verse 22 through 23. Acts 20, verse 22 through 23. Remember, we were, we were in, Paul got the word from the well-meaning believers in Acts 21, Acts 19, he, already, he feels compelled to go to Jerusalem. Acts 20, Acts 20, verse 22 through 23 says this, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. This is the chapter before 21, are y'all with me? And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. He already knew this was going to happen. He knew, one, that I have to go to Jerusalem, and two, he already knew the Holy Spirit is very, so, so wonderful. He already told him time after time after time that there's suffering waiting for you in Jerusalem. So he knows that in Acts, 20 20th chapter, Acts 21, he gets there. And what happens? The believers tell him the Holy Spirit said, don't go down there. Why would they say that? Because they had right information that he was going to suffer. They had right information he was going to suffer, but they colored it a bit and said the Holy Ghost said, don't go. Now, the Holy Spirit is not schizophrenic. He's not going to tell you one thing one minute and then the next next minute tell you something opposite of that. No, they had good information. This was what the Lord was saying. Suffering is going to happen to Paul. Remember, Paul said, the Holy Spirit keeps telling me, city after city after city, when I go there, I'm going to suffer. He gets here to these in Acts 21st chapter, and they also tell him the same thing, but they add, don't go. You'll have to know what is of God and what is not of God. You'll have to know, is this a pure word from God or has it been colored? Has it been altered? Has it been changed? Paul understands this. He understands that, okay, this is not, no, tell you what, I am going. I'm ready also to be bound, ready. The Holy Spirit has already dealt with his heart. He's already filled with compassion and he's going to go. What they are saying is something that is outside of what God has said. They have, a, they have a mixture. They hear what God is saying. Yes, this is what the Spirit of God is saying. Yes, absolutely. But he didn't add that other part telling you, don't go. I hope you I hope that you hear that. The Lord had already primed Paul's heart for this mission. He primed his heart for this journey. As a matter of fact, he primed his heart for the Jewish people. I want you to hear his heart. Let's go to Romans the tenth chapter, Romans 10. Romans 10 verse number, verses number one, one through four. We may read that Romans 10, verse number one through four of the New Living Translation. And it says, dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. He says, "I, I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Look at verse number one again. He said, the longings of my heart are for the people of Israel to be saved, the Jewish people to be saved. God put that love in his heart. Paul could not help but to go to Jerusalem for the love of God that he had within him for the Jewish people. Now look at Romans the ninth chapter. Romans 9. Let me show you some more of this. Let me show you how deep the Spirit of God has put this into him because he's about to make a statement that, oh, God, I don't think I would ever say unless the Spirit of God had really put this in me to say it. He's about to make a hard statement. I'm not sure if I would say this for anybody. Let's see what he says. Romans 9, verse number one and three. And it says, uh, the New Living Translation, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience, my conscience, and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. Notice what he said: My heart is filled with sorrow and unending grief. But well, what is the sorrow and grief causing him to, to do or to say? It says, I would be willing to forever to forever cursed, rather, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. In other words, I would, if it were possible, if I, have to, if I had to be damned to hell that the people of Israel may be saved, then so let it be. Now, that's the love of God in Paul. So how could such a man not go to Jerusalem? God had prepared him so much. The Holy Spirit had been working with him, telling him time after time after time, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. Telling him through other sources in every city that he was going to, you're going to Jerusalem. When you get there, you're going to have a lot of trouble. You're going to have a lot of trouble. But then he gets to these well-meaning believers who through the Spirit say, the Holy Spirit says there's trouble down there and you shouldn't go. No, they colored it a bit. They add it to it. Remember, it is our job to give give the people of God a pure word from the Lord. Don't color it. Don't add to it. Just say what He said, because they could have. Thank God that Paul uh, was uh, a mature believer and didn't let that sway him. Because Paul had to go this way. Because eventually he would have ended up, and he did ended up uh, in Rome, in the prisons. He wrote the New Testament. Wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He had many other experiences that he had to have had before he met his end. That was the plan of the Lord. Jesus said, you're going to suffer for my name. But here are some well-meaning believers that uh, almost short-circuited that. Are you hearing? Now, there are times when the Holy Spirit, in my closing tonight, there are times when the Holy Spirit will say, don't go there. Don't preach there. Don't say this. Don't say that. That doesn't mean that he doesn't want the people there to be saved he may not want you to be the one who's doing it God has other people are you hearing me Amen. now consider this and we'll close here in acts the 16th chapter acts the 16th chapter and of course Acts 16 is before Acts 21 so Paul knows how to hear from God L- L- oh Lord help me Acts 16 verse number 6 it says now, uh, heads up, these are some high-powered names here, but we're going to do our best. Acts 16, verse 6 through 10 of uh, the New Living Translation, it says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of uh, Phrygia and Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the, providence, in the province of Asia at that time. What? The Holy Spirit said, don't go there and preach right now. What? Doesn't the Holy Spirit want to get people saved? Absolutely. But there's a time, and it wasn't their time to preach there. So you know what they did? They didn't go there. They heard. Look at verse number seven. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the providence or the province of um, Bethania but again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. There were people there that were unsaved that needed to hear the gospel, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus said, don't go. And what did he do? They didn't go. They have learned to hear the voice of the Spirit. Look at verse 8. So instead, they went on uh, from Mysia to the seaport of torres uh, to seaport of torres verse 9 that night paul had a vision a man from macedonia in northern greece uh, was standing there pleading with him come over to macedonia and help us so we decided uh, to leave from macedonia at once having concluded that god was calling us to preach the good news there they've heard from the Lord so the Holy Spirit said don't go here don't go here but go here he gave them a dream this is what you should be doing don't go there don't go there but go here so he'd already have he's already exercised his senses knowing what is from God and what is not from God and this is what you're going to have to do as well you're going to exercise your, your senses praying in the holy spirit getting in the word of god the more you spend time doing spiritual things the more your spirit man will become attuned to hearing the voice of the holy spirit to knowing what is of god and what is not of god to, to knowing what feels right and what does not feel right you say may i may not you may say i don't know all the bible but i know that doesn't sound like him the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you get to know his character. The more you do spiritual things, uh, the more your, your spirit man will be attuned to spiritual things. If you continue to do, uh, let's say you do 90% or 95% natural things, that is you, you know, you just, you just do life, you just do life, and you, you only read your Bible every once in a while, only, only come to church every once in a while, you, you, you only fast, oh, maybe once a year, you don't really do too much spiritual things, well, when a spiritual word comes to you, your senses will be dulled, and you will not know, because you have not spent time exercising, exercising your spirit man, so I tell you, spend time in the word of God. If you just read it, just read one chapter or one chapter a day. Spend time in prayer. If it's five minutes a day. Spend time with him. The more you spend time with him, the more your spirit man will recognize him. The more you spend time with God, with your riding down the road in your in your car, listening to the word of the Lord, listening listening to a message, or, a sermon, a, a podcast, listening. You're spending time with spiritual things. As you spend time with spiritual things, with the Lord in spiritual things, your spirit man will become uh, more alive and more attuned to the things of God god hallelujah to the lamb of god so that you will not be deceived in what's coming upon the earth so i tell you again make sure that you're ready prophecies will come and they are already coming false prophets are already in the land they are already here and you must know what is of god and what is not of god you must know whether it's from a well-meaning person who may have heard some information but who may have added something else. You must know, because every word has the ability to change the trajectory of your life. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our friends here and for our friends that are watching and listening right now. Lord, I pray that the spirit of discernment, you Holy Spirit, will just come upon them in a mighty way and that they will not be deceived when that time comes, but they will know what thus saith the Lord and what the Lord is not saying. Father, bless my friend. Bless everyone that's under the sound of my voice, whether they're listening or watching. Keep them, Father, keep them. I plead the precious blood of Jesus over them and their families and ask you to keep them safe and protected. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. See you next week. We love you. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message.